So what? We watch anime. So what? We play League. We're just having fun. We don't care who sees. So what? We stay in. It don't bother me. Living young, pale and nerdy. Hello and welcome to the Reet Entertainment Podcast, episode 333 for January 16th, 2022. Joining me this week, we have Connor Cyberpunk Monk Bash. 333, let's go. We did it. And returning, Nicole Nick Lotus Robinson Carroll. Hey guys, it's been about a minute and a half, hasn't it? Yeah, unless, unless you changed your last name. Did you add another last name yet? No. No? <laughs> I don't Not... intend to do that. Oh, okay. Uh, so, we, uh, of course, I'm your host, Nathan Reed Spruth. And uh, I would like to ask uh, Nicole, you haven't been here. Where can we find you online, uh, like social media wise? Well, social media wise, I'm not. I'm not doing so much of the independent contact contract uh, contact creation contact content creation anymore. Yeah, I'm articulate. <laughs> Nailed it. But, but anyway, not not doing. I'm not. I'm not really active on YouTube or anywhere like that anymore. But I, uh, you can you can find me at. On Twitter, I am at KNPR Nicole, which is KNPR's the call letters of uh, the NPR affiliate I work for, Nevada Public Radio. And so KNPR.org is the is the website for my for the station I work for. Oh, good. And you and you will you'll post updates on that Twitter, uh, but it's typically like news updates, from what I understand. Yeah, usually it's news stories, but I mean, you know, I'll 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 post like fun stuff too. It's a personal account, but I also still share work-related stuff. That makes sense. Well, that's I mean, good. if you guys want to check out my YouTube channel, go ahead. But you know, I haven't I haven't updated in a while. Yeah, I don't think you posted anything for a a couple of years now. Uh, but I'm the same same way. I haven't done anything in like over a year on YouTube. Uh, and then we have a uh, Connor Cyberpunk Monk. Where can we find you? You can find Counter the Cyberpunk Monk Besh at Aroa.website. Actually, you can find all of our relevant social media at Aroa.website. Check it out. It's a great website. One of those links I want to bring your attention to is Clinton's Core Classics, a Rise of the Rune Lords actual play first edition podcast. Man, that's a mouthful. We update weekly, and we are getting really, really good, and I get more excited with every episode that uh, we're, we're, just, we're doing fantastic. Please leave us a review saying exactly that. Except for, except for every once in a while when somebody forgets to mute their audio. Uh, yeah, that's that's a pain who, in the butt. Who but was that, that? Who who did that? Was it me? Uh, I don't think it was me. No, it was not you. And if you want to put him on blast, our uh, our dear DM Clinton left his. I, I think maybe this isn't what happened, but everyone's audio track is also coming through his, but like much quieter. So there's this awful echo that I can't. Sometimes I could take it out, but the DM is the one talking most of the time. So if, uh, say, for example, somebody talks over somebody else. <clears throat> I would never do that. No, no, you never do. It, uh, it makes it really bad audio to use. And the I'm getting a little bit better at Audacity, especially in this week. Like, you could use the noise reduction on somebody else's track and run it on another track. And it kind of helps. Sometimes it ruins the audio, but sometimes it works. I'm doing what I can, and honestly, I'm learning a lot by being forced to try. And I, I, I appreciate that for what it is. Yeah, I think Audacity. I remember. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, I was gonna say I think I remember that. Uh, 
vaguely, and it's it's happened a couple times, but usually we catch it. But yeah, right. It it, uh, it happened in between sessions, so maybe when he got up, he unplugged. Or, I I don't know. It it's it's infuriating, but it's it's not the it's not a deal breaker. The episode's still fine. Yeah. Well, what were you gonna say, uh, Nick Lotus? Oh, what I was going to say is uh, that auda- using Audacity is definitely a trial and error experience. <laughs> yeah. It's, I, I have a lot of respect for this program, and I've only made it crash like two or three times. So uh, <laughs> tip of the hat to that. Uh, okay. And so for me, you can find me, Nathan Reed's Ruth. I'm reading everywhere, reading on Twitch, reading on Twitter, re- uh, which my account was suspended, but then uh, it came back a couple months ago. So that's, that's nice. It was permanently suspended. Again? No, no, no. It was permanently suspended for a little while, but but now we're good. Uh, and then, you know, I'm on YouTube and, and everywhere reading. So uh, the podcast, this podcast, you can find us everywhere. We're on Spotify. We're on iTunes. We're on Stitcher. Uh, and if you're on iTunes or Spotify, you can give us a thumbs up uh, or a rating, I think, five out of five. And then on iTunes, you can leave a comment, and we will read that comment on air. On Spotify, it just has the five-star rating or, or whatever. Uh, th- that's the only one available is five-star. It's amazing. It's amazing how that happens. So, uh, Nick Lotus, uh, where, or what games have you played this last week or uh, year that you haven't been here? Yeah. Well, I just finished XCOM 2. Woo! And uh, I, had, I, had tr- I had started it a couple of times, but this is the first time I, I've fully beaten it. So, well, except for for some reason, some weird thing happened with the install where I didn't get Shen's gift or what it, what the, the the extra DLC. Anyway, anyway, just finished XCOM two. I also I, I got a we got a PS five for Christmas, so now I'm catching up on some of the stuff that you know launched with the PS five. Like, I finally got to play Bug Snacks, and I am just in love with it. It, it it's it's cute it's fun it's you know i just i just love that game so much i could geek out with somebody about it uh what else uh i'm eventually going to get back to witcher 2 witcher 3 is what i was working through and i've converted my save files to ps5 for that so that might be next on the list oh fun yeah i played witcher 3 and it's one of those games that i'm like this is great this is awesome and then 50 hours in i'm like i want to finish this I want this game to be over. That's me playing through most of the Fallout games. Like Fallout 3, it's just like, oh my god, there's still so much side content, but I just want to finish the main story, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and then were there any uh, games that you played last year that you want to... Because I think we did like a... What was it? Our favorite games of of 2020? I think I said, we did something like that where we just spoke about it or what your top game was of 2020. So what was yeah. your top game of 2020? Gosh, I'm trying to remember. I don't, it's so bad. I don't know if I even finished a game last year. Uh, oh, well, yeah. last, actually last year, no, last year I played uh, Doki Doki Literature Club for the first time uh, by myself. And because I because I I got it I got I bought the version for the Switch that was Doki Doki Literature Club Plus with all the side stories, and so like the side stories were like this this kind of sweet fluffy backstory that was like my reward for playing the main story. Ah, <laughs> uh, I see. Yeah, because I know Aroa played that when it came out, and he really liked it. But he really loved yeah. visual novels. Yeah, well, I mean, I like visual novels too, and I you know I I don't I don't play as many as I'd like, but. 
of course, like if anyone, anybody who's listening, if you're into really immersive visual novels and and you have the space on your phone because it's a big file mystic messenger it's free to download and you know it's like these real-time chat logs pop up in the game it's it's really immersive and amazing it's it's Uh, but it's amazing what we call big files nowadays uh compared to like i i remember installing fallout fallout 2 and the huge install for fallout 2 was 400 megabytes (laughs) <laughs> well, I mean, this well, Mystic Messenger is a mobile uh, visual novel is why I say it's a big file. Like I told one of my other friends about it and she was like, yeah, I don't have enough room on my phone to play this. <laughs> so, but but yeah, I guess Doki Doki was a notable title I played last year. Oh, gosh, I know I've gone through some other ones, but I'm having a hard time remembering them all or the few. I'm just going to stop talking now because I'm just feeling, <laughs> feeling silence saying nothing. So that's yeah, a, I guess I get, that's going to make the listeners happy. I'm just going to say Doki Doki was my favorite game I played last year. That, that, that was, was our, answer. that's our entire podcast is talking into the void. So <laughs> yeah. But fine. I mean, like, but I mean, I, I hate horror games, but I wanted to give Doki Doki a chance because it's such brilliant storytelling and, you know, I'm glad I did. I had I had, you know, some of the big horror moments spoiled for me, but it's okay. It still was, you know, a pretty good experience and I got I, I ended up actually platinuming, not platinuming, what's the term on Switch when you get all the achievements? I'm no uh, idea. I don't think Switch actually has a term for it, unfortunately. It just one hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, I one hundred percented that. And that was that was yeah, I guess I guess that has to mean something. Doki Doki was the one game I I 100%ed last year. Well, that's good. I've never 100%ed a game. Um, I also 100%ed Bug Snacks, but that was this year. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> well, that's I got, good. well, I well I got it for Christmas, so I guess that counts. Yeah, yeah. I mean, okay. I well, you I, know I, I guess to... Bug Snacks wins then. <laughs> oh, good. Uh, and we're gonna move on. Uh, Connor, what games have you played this week? Well, you see, I played sick in bed with covid this week so oh, no. i played a lot of games oh, for like no. yeah it was it wasn't great but i'm feeling much better now That's good. uh so good. i played a lot of games for like 10 to 15 to 20 minutes and then went right back to bed afterwards i think the one that i played concurrently the most was final fantasy 12 i don't want to say it was a fever dream it was just in short installments so once again a big thumbs up to the switch this is my favorite game boy being able to just pause a game, especially like Final Fantasy XII, to come back to later, makes it the perfect mobile game. Yeah, I I have I played Final Fantasy XII uh, when it came out, and we've spoken about it before. Where I'm like, ah, I think I'll give Final Fantasy XII a chance again because you know it's got the re-release with the Zodiac edition and HD, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I didn't like it that much. <laughs> My issue with it. it, like, I'm sorry. My issue with it wasn't the the story. I actually love the story in this game, but something about me deep, deep down doesn't like watching the game play itself. And yeah, this game at its best, at its most optimal, is watching it play itself. Yeah. Uh, so and, what and, I, go uh, I was gonna say it's similar to thirteen in that way, right? Thirteen and fifteen, where the game, I just don't feel in control of what my people are doing. They're flashy and they look nice, and um, some of them have nice stories. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, did you play anything else, or was it just that sleep, that sleep? Now that I'm feeling better, I well, a I had to reinstall it from when my hard drive crashed like a month ago. Uh, Pavlov, ah. you know the the best laser tag money can buy. Yeah. Uh, and that that's a lot of fun. Uh, it it gave me a reason to stand up when when I really was sick and tired of laying in bed. So for that, I I thank it. Well, that's good. I know my my friend had COVID. Uh, and she also got vaccinated, uh, but now she has COVID again because uh, Omicron is nothing to mess with, apparently. Very transmittable. Yeah. Doesn't matter if you've had COVID before or you're vaccinated, you still have a pretty good chance, if you're exposed, that you could get it. Uh, but from what I understand, you still have less of a chance than if you're unvaccinated or you've never had COVID before. So, uh, you know... Do do all the things that you're supposed to be doing anyway. Wash your hands, uh, stay away from people, wear masks. Uh, stay inside stay and away. play VR. I'm yeah. doing my part. Yeah, stay I've inside. I said it once and VR. I'll say it before. VR is the unsung hero of this entire pandemic. <laughs> uh, VR and, I mean the I, I mentioned it also is my one of my favorite things about this, even though it's all been a shit show is that companies have realized that, hey, maybe you don't have to be on site all the time. Like, yeah. you can get your job done at your house. It's pretty amazing. Um, That's what, like, all of my jobs before were like, you have to be on site. I'm like, why? I can remote in. And they're like, no, you got to be on, on site. And then the pandemic happened, and they're like, you know what? Everyone can work from home. And uh, my current job is shutting down their main building. Uh, because next year, this year, not next year, this year, uh, they're getting rid of their main building, moving into a much smaller building, and then we're all just going to work from home, and I'll just go on site like once a week to ship things out if we need it. And that's it. It's uh, it's pretty nice. Anyway, uh, for games I played this week, I played some more Temtem. Uh, it's good. Uh, I think Nick Lotus would like it. Have you ever heard of, have you heard of Tim Tim? I haven't. What's the premise? It's Pokemon. You know Pokemon? It's Pokemon. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> Bug Snacks is kind of like Pokemon too, so. <laughs> so, no. No, Tim Tim no, is just Pokemon. It's Pokemon. Yeah. Um, okay. So, so beyond just the cute animals saying their names over and over. Yeah. It resembles so... but is legally distinct from Pokemon. Mhm. Mm they it's it's it's, it's, it's uh, kind of like Pikmin-ish? No, it's it's, Pokemon. it's an yeah, yeah. It's an online okay. Pokemon game. Oh. Um and and of course they have their own creatures and stuff, but you you start out and you do, you know, you're the kid, the chosen one who goes and you get a pick a one of three Pokemans. Uh and then you go and you fight not gyms. There's something they're called something they're dojos. You go to different dojos and fight uh, dojo dojos. masters. Distinctively um, not gyms. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you get a surfboard, uh, so you can surf, and that's as far as I've gotten. I got a surfboard. Oh, okay. It's yeah. Pokemon. Yeah, it's, but you it's, don't. But you don't. But you don't have to get a special Pokemon to surf, which is kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, no, you don't need yeah. to get a special Pokemon to surf. I don't know all of the stuff that you do. I know there's, you know, they just released the 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 last island, 
like a month ago, and that's why I decided to pick up the game was because they they're like we're finished, we're done. Like they're still in early access or whatnot, but all of the content is there, uh, and they're just going to add in new monsters and and different challenges and stuff. Uh, so I'm I'm running through that, and then uh, I was I was desperately trying to beat Pathfinder: Wrath of the Righteous this week. Because uh, I played it for five days so far. Uh, and I mean, not I've played it for five, you know, five, like Monday through Friday. I have played it for five entire days. Uh, so I've been playing it for over 120 hours. And, that is uh, a long time. And it won't end. And, and Connor came into the chat or, or came into the Twitch when I was, trying to, when I was fighting Discari. And uh, Discari has, like, 53 AC. Oh, yeah, yeah, that guy. And then I was like, okay, maybe maybe it's something I've, i got to do a touch attack or something. And I looked at his stats because uh, if, you, if you enable inspect mode, you can look at the stats of the creatures because your characters will do, like, a check to see what the stats are, you know, like we do in Pathfinder. Uh, touch AC is 45. That's the highest touch AC I've ever heard of, I think. So I put the difficulty down a notch and beat him because it's it was unfair. You saw how unfair it was. That Why aren't fight... you exploiting these mechanics that have existed for... I, I don't actually remember how old 2E is, but it's not that old of a game. And uh, just just raffle stomp the rest of the game. Make it, make it too easy. Uh, you know, I think... I think wrath of the righteous is first edition but i'm not sure uh i don't i know it is i might actually go play it um but yeah i i um i i did a few things to make i I lowered the difficulty down and then i put a bunch of 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 mastodon shields in front of me uh by summoning 25 mastodons that's Uh, a fun amount of mastodons and the game it's not super it's it's an isometric game so you want to imagine that it takes a a huge toll but i have known i've had noticed some dips uh in performance even on my computer my new my brand spanking new really nice computer uh when like you kill enemies sometimes it'll like it'll skip the the death animation and they'll just explode it's weird uh and when you have 25 mastodons summoned, uh, the the frame rate goes to shit. Just like uh, in real life. It is a just, lot of mastodons to have in one place. Yeah, and so I was just waiting, because none of them could hit Discari, because he has like 50-something AC. So I was just waiting for their turns to get over, where they're just failing to hit. And then every once in a while, one of them would hit for like 18 points of damage. And mind you, Discari has 2,000 HP. <laughs> so it took a while, uh, and I was finally able to kill him. And, uh, well, I was finally able to defeat him, got to the next section, and I don't know. Maybe I'll beat it next week. I, I think this game will just go on forever. I I <laughs> don't think there's actually an ending to the game. But we can always hope. Uh, I was going to try to beat it this morning. Uh, but then I ended up sleeping in and, and watching wrestling. So, you know, better things 
than than trying to stream before a podcast on on a Sunday. Anyway, uh, let's move on to some news stories. We're going to talk about a lot of these stories are brought up by Aroa, by the way, uh, and he has has kindly listed uh, his thoughts on some of these stories. So uh, the first story we're going to talk about, which I don't think Aroa had any comments on, was Pokemon Go. This one, I think, was brought up by Connor. Uh, Aroa brought it up, but I had also considered posting the story for its particular brand of ridiculousness. So we here uh, at the Reaton Entertainment Podcast, save for Nick Lotus, uh, are not a huge fan of the police force um, for in a, in a lot of cases. And, and this is another one where apparently there was a robbery and the cops failed to stop the robbery. They, they, they had dispatch had been like, hey, there's a robbery in blah, 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 blah place. And the cops either didn't hear or ignored the warning because they were playing Pokemon Go. Real American heroes. Yeah. Um, That is uh, disgusting. Yeah. It says, uh, this is from Up Rocks. Um, And I'm I'm trying to read through this whole thing because I was hoping a row would be here to, you know, point out some certain things. Uh, But yes, it's, it says the recent information available to us because the two officers who were fired, which is good, they were fired for this, are currently appealing their termination of employment. Listed Doctor. among the reasons why they're appealing is because they weren't actually playing the game, but were instead relaying that information to groups on their app. The rebuttal is, of course, ignoring the likely reason they were terminated had to do with less with what they were doing specifically while playing Pokemon Go and more that they were actively doing something involved uh, with the game rather than doing their job at the critical moment. Right. Uh, for anyone else uh, that's surprised to find out Pokemon Go is still being played all these years later, the game itself has managed to get even more addictive uh, since its first release back in 2016. Gyms are buffed up, there's, a hun- there's hundreds of new Pokemon to capture, and there are raids everywhere. It's still a really fun game and in a large city like los angeles it can be a great way to get around town maybe even get some exercise and find tons of raid partners to capture pokemon with just because uh so uh yeah that's what the lapd as well uh so yeah i'm happy that they were fired that seems appropriate yeah and i think the fact that their defense was oh we weren't playing it we were updating a group while we were ignoring the robbery says a lot about the mindset to begin with, unfortunately. Yeah, and, and and I know Nick Lotus has to be, like, really quiet here. Uh, uh, neutral. <laughs> uh, yeah. But uh, I do think it's a little silly that they got fired for stopping this robbery, or not stopping this robbery, uh, because they were playing Pokemon Go. And that's where they draw the line. Uh, but we hear constantly hear stories about people getting shot by cops, and they're like, "Well, we don't know if we're gonna have to fire them or not." It's it's a little silly, in my opinion, that uh, they this had seems... to fire into the crowded store. It was a gun lock. Yeah, it 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 appears that maybe they should do some some reformation of the the police department's scissors to 
say, hey, maybe if you shoot an unarmed person, you immediately get fired. But we'll uh, we'll see what happens. I doubt that the appeals are going to do anything. They're still probably going to be fired. That's my imagination. Uh, so let's move on to the next one. Open source developer just created a whole lot of chaos by nuking two of his own apps. Um, and I think this is the one that he was talking about with uh, Aroa had his thoughts. Uh, do you want to do the Aroa? Uh, read what um, Aroa said. I will need to switch to that chat, but I could do that if you want. Okay, that's in the uh, podcast discussion chat, uh, which is something that people don't get access to uh, unless you're part of the podcast group. Yes. So Aroa's thoughts very similarly mirror your mind, which is that the point of it being is one developer should not be able to sabotage thousands of other people's projects, but with how NPM in general works, which is, I don't actually understand for that acronym is it's the it's the name of the the npm coding a whole lot of software project were ruined when the developer behind two coding libraries decided to corrupt them with a series of bizarre comments uh or commits but i thought oh yeah yeah uh the eccentric developer behind two immensely popular open source npm coding libraries so it looks like it's a coding library right i was trying to see what npm specifically stood for but uh, it doesn't look like it says, so we will move on. Uh, it's a fundamental flaw in how modern development works because everyone just assumed that these free libraries would always be safe and secure. And the same thing has been shown to be possible in Python thanks to people sabotaging their uh, PyPy, PyPL, PyPy, I think it's PyPy uh, packages, yeah. uh, which is when you're done with it, you can kind of bloat it up. You can intentionally make it volatile and then anything that has used your plugin as a part of its skeleton is no longer functional. It is no longer doing what it is advertised to do because the owner of that code says, haha, I'm going to ruin this. And yes, it sort of proves why you can't take other people's code, which is something they, I, I think, teach for a reason in most trade schools and colleges. But it also applies to this modern world where, you know, everything is an on Rails extension or everything is a plugin. Well, this is the danger of doing that. So, Mike, I have, a question. I have a question here, and you might be able to answer that. Um, couldn't the developers who are using this just not update those libraries? Mm, like, I, like I mean, I want to say updated. I I want to say you could and should have control of that if you're not saying, "Oh, there's an update. Better update. Oh no." And whether or not you could roll back depend on the, I guess, the open sourceness of the plugin. If it's something that's hosted on GitHub and it's all open and you could see its git commit version control and everything like that, maybe this isn't the worst, you know, maybe you just, if you have to and you know how to, just fix it yourself. There's all the source code available. If it's yeah. a black box and you don't know what they changed, you're screwed. So it says... Here, Mark Squires is the creator behind the popular JavaScript libraries Faker and Colors, the likes of which are key instruments for developers the world over. To give you an idea of how widely used these are, Colors reportedly sees more than 20 million downloads a week, and Faker gets about 2 million. Suffice to say, they see a lot of use. However, Squires recently made the bizarre decision to mess all that up when he executed a number of malicious updates that sent the libraries haywire, taking a whole lot of dependent projects with it. In the case of Colors, Squires 
uh, sent an update that caused its source code to go in an endless repeating loop. This caused apps using it to emit the text Liberty, 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 followed by a splurge of meaningless garbled data, effectively crippling their fun uh, functionality. With Faker, meanwhile, new update was recently introduced that basically nuked the library's entire code. Squire subsequently announced that he would no longer be maintaining the program for free. And he says, quote, for free. So it seems like he's getting upset that the libraries that he made free were being used for free and decided to sabotage the project so that people would pay him money. Um, but in reality, what's going to happen is people are probably just going to move on to different libraries. Uh, it's it's not very similar in execution, but the mindset is very similar to something that's close to my heart, if I can compare it, which is the custom DLC tracks for a game called Rocksmith. Oh, yeah. There was a website that I'm not going to bother saying the name of that used to be free and available as long as you registered to access the forums where everything was extremely well categorized in like an SQL database. And then one day they were like, oh, by the way, if you want to continue using this, you need to pay up. And then the post that they made was like, well, I've learned in my development that I shouldn't be hosting stuff for free and I really shouldn't have been offering this without charging in the first place. And it's like, well, it turned it from a hobby project into a business venture. And it's unfortunate you didn't say that at first, but if I may so connect this to another thing very close to my heart, Payday 2 had a similar issue where mm -hmm. they sort of went back on their initial premise and boy, did it sever the fan base permanently, I would say. I I also, it, it reminds me of something uh, a little bit even more close to our hearts, all of our hearts, uh, when, and I won't name any names, but we knew somebody who wanted to turn a little podcast oh, project. Yeah, yeah, that, <laughs> man, why does this keep on happening? I know, right? <laughs> I uh, wanted to turn a little pro uh, podcast product into uh, into a money-making scheme for themselves. And uh, it it ruins things. It when sure you do that. almost ruined everything. Yeah. And you, you get the sense that uh, this guy could have done something else. He could have done, hey, I've still got these libraries for free up to what they are now. But if you want any new updates, maybe pay for it. I don't know. The, or, I mean... That's probably the, can, the, the, the responsible thing to do anyways. I can only imagine that if he would have put a don't... Like, I, I assume he already had one. Like, do a Patreon or, or have a donation button where you could get some money off of that. And since he's got 20 million downloads a month, what, are, what you're going to get 1% of those people are going to give you a 5 like five dollars like you're gonna you're gonna be able to make some money off of that um y'all remember but, shareware should we just go back to shareware that seemed like it was working right remember game demos i remember demos yeah, actually, actually that's not fair i play a lot of demos on my switch yeah uh i really like them and i liked going and getting like uh you know the the playstation magazine and then having that or uh, i think pizza hut had I remember like playing the first level of Future Cop LAPD on PlayStation 1 yeah. over and over and over again on that demo disc. Yeah, and then they would release some of them, like uh, one of the Crash Bandicoot, I think it was Crash Bandicoot 3, they locked off, so you only had like one level you could play through. 
uh, but they didn't remove the codes. So if you put in the like unlock everything code, you could just oh, no. play through the entire like it was a beta version, but you could play through the entire game. That's amazing. Yeah, and so those are those copies of those demo discs are actually worth more money than uh, Crash Bandicoot Three. That's fun. Yeah. Anyway, uh, this guy's a dick. Yeah. So uh, this guy's a jerk, and there's a right way and a wrong way to going about trying to profitize something that you did at once for free, and sinking the ship, and especially nuking other people's code is incredibly irresponsible, questionably legal. Yeah. So it says in uh, the way that Squires blitzed the library seems to defy simple explanation. For one thing, the commits that messed up the libraries were accompanied by odd text files that, in the case of the Faker update, referenced Aaron Schwartz. He is a well-known computer programmer who was found dead in his apartment in 2013 of an apparent suicide. Squires also made a number of odd public references to uh, Schwartz around the time of the malicious commits. NPM has reverted to a previous version of the Faker JS package, and GitHub has suspended my access to all public and private projects. I have hundreds of projects. Uh, Aaron Schwartz, hashtag Aaron Schwartz, uh, Squires tweeted on January 6th. Uh, that's, you know, not a good day. Um, days before the news broke about the mass bricking, Squires also tweeted that Schwartz had shared a Reddit thread linking his death to a recently convicted sex trafficker, Gislaine, Gislaine Maxwell? Ghislaine Maxwell. Yeah. Uh, Ghislaine? Who was, who was Jeffrey Epstein's ex-girlfriend, and oh. she was just convicted of, I can't remember what, what her conviction was, but she was convicted of something. What's yeah. it like it, under it, that rock, I, I I knew who that, like, I've seen pictures. I didn't know the name. Uh, so I... I, I eh, well, that's, that's okay. It's, it's my job to say people's names right, so ask me if you need to know. <laughs> yeah, Nick Lotus, that's what you're here for. Uh, <laughs> um, the recent turn of events also spurred online speculation as to whether Squires is the same person who was charged for the reckless, reckless endangerment in 2020 when a fire at a Queen's apartment building owned by Merrick Squires, led investigators to discover a stash of homemade bomb-making materials. Uh, very weird. I'm uh, noticing a troubling trend. Yeah, and it does say here, the dude is not stable, and I wouldn't trust his code in anything. However, Gizmodo is not able to find any independent corroboration that the bomb squires and the coding squires are one and the same. I doubt that they are. I doubt they're the same person, but that's that's a funny conspiracy theory. Um, so, uh, if you use Faker or what was the other one, Colors, I would say uh, update your libraries to use something else. I don't know how hard that is. Probably incredibly hard, I would imagine. Uh, depends how open source it was, and I'm not actually aware. Probably not if he had to go self destruct it. Yeah. Well, like, what anyway. kind of what kind of apps? What kind of apps were these libraries for? Um, I'm looking at. Let's see, Faker. Uh, yeah, Faker really used... Oh, hey, look, an NPR article explaining the entire. Uh, let's see. All right. Faker dot You know, the fact that this GitHub page isn't loading very fast probably leads to a lot of people looking at it. 
Um, 12 days ago, it was all changed to what really happened with Aaron Schwartz. This is a very cringy GitHub page, and it doesn't actually say. They blew up what it did. What apps their, uh, use Faker? Um, fake apps, how to spot a fake app. Uh, let's see, colors, okay. light. I was just trying to think of, you know, something that, that I could understand from, you know, a... It's a, a PHP library that generates fake data for you. So oh. I could see this being used in um, using test data, like you need a billion fake names generated on the spot, or yeah. if you need to anima uh, an 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 anonymize data tokens for production services, Faker might work for you. Oh, that, that makes sense. Would that, would that apply to like a VPN or something? Uh, no. Yeah, you could generate a token snub from It's not the best way to go about it, but I guess it's random. Oh, okay. I don't know. I was just trying to figure out, trying to equate it with, with a software that a lot of different programs use that I'm aware of, but it's totally different because I'm thinking of like Unity for yeah. so many games that it's in, but I'm sure that there's, there's not even a parallel. Well, there now might it be. just generates Aaron Schwartz. Yeah. No, liberty, Liberty, <laughs> Liberty. Yeah. Uh, no, that's like, why, why, we must say, why did it quote a Liberty Mutual commercial too, by the way? I, the propaganda is working. Uh, what I'm thinking is it would be good for like, uh, we need NPC names or uh, town, like sure. if we're creating random things, town names, or yeah. even if you're just trying to like, uh, just show off a demo of like a website or something and just putting in like fake data for fake articles. Um, in instead just of a, just like the default lit Latin stuff. Yeah, instead of just a lipsum. Uh, whatever it's called, Lorem Lipson, something like that. Anyway, um, we're gonna move on, and we're gonna talk about Canon, the the printers people. If you if you guys know about them, and you know what they do, which I think it should be illegal, but they make it so that you can't use third party uh, toner or or ink cartridges, typically in like a, a Canon printer or, you know, Epson does it and HP does it. It's awful. awful so you awful, buy, awful. you buy a third party, uh, you buy a third party toner and you put it in there and sometimes it'll work fine. Sometimes it'll get all the way or halfway through the toner cartridges and then be like, oh, it's a fake cartridge. You need to buy a new one. Uh, and then sometimes it'll just instantly reject the cartridges. I'm sure... Connor, being IT, has experienced this before. Um, we usually purchase our product from the manufacturer directly, but uh, the chip's failing halfway through, I've definitely experienced, which is yeah. super annoying. Yeah. You pull it out, and it's definitely not empty. But the unforeseen side of this is that if there's a chip shortage, the company might not be able to get access to those chips to put on the cartridges. Which is what and happened that... to Canon, where they were sending out toner and uh, ink cartridges that didn't have the chips, and then they had to teach their customers how to bypass the DRM. And they shot themselves on the foot with that one. Yeah. Oh, the greed. Oh, the hubris. Um, I feel like says... that's one of... The, this pandemic and chip shortages and all that, it seems like, might actually advance kind of people who are promoting the the right to repair movement hell yeah i am i am fully in favor of the right to repair movement i i think it's silly 
and uh, dumb that they don't offer replacement parts because then we just have landfills just filling up uh, because you can't swap out your battery in an iPhone. That's that's one of the biggest things that has bummed me out in the last 10 years is that almost no phone has a removable battery that you can just pop off the back case and and pop out the battery and replace it. But but, but Nathan, my my phone is waterproof. I can I watch I don't know Facebook videos in the shower. You know, you can do that with a plastic bag. You can, I mean, the thing is, you can make a waterproof phone that has a removable battery as well. Yeah, it's, I know, but it's possible. that's the same excuse they use. That, and that, that's why they had to get rid of your headphone jack, too. Not so we can't sell you our overpriced headphones. Yeah. And... Grumble, grumble, grumble. Yeah, grumble, <laughs> grumble, grumble, grumble. I, I think it's great that they, they screwed up, and they, <laughs> they had to teach their customers how to bypass that DRM. Uh, which is which is good. I don't like that, and and they've already determined years upon years ago with the Game Genie. There was Game Genie versus Nintendo, and Nintendo was suing the Game Genie because they were trying to say that uh, the Game Genie violated the IP of the games that they were they were playing with, and in the United States courts. They decided that once you purchase a product, you own it and can do whatever you want with it, like a physical item, like a like a Nintendo. Good thing everything's a license now. Yeah. And you know, the Game Genie almost lost that court case, but if you watch it, he went and he changed the code behind the judge. <laughs> once he booted it up, it was a, a victory. Oh, Classic yeah, Game that's, Genie. That's what happened. Um, no, but yeah, so... If you purchase a product, and that's been reiterated time and time again. Uh, in the 2000s, Geohot, uh, when he hacked the iPhone, Apple took him to court, and the courts ruled in Geohot's favor uh, by saying he's allowed to hack his phone. It's his phone. He purchased it. He owns it outright. He can do whatever the fuck he wants with it. Uh, he also hacked the PlayStation 3. And Sony took him to court, and the judge ruled the same thing, that he did not violate anything. Uh, Dare I and, say I'm noticing a precedent. Yeah, and a precedent has been set that once you buy a device, you own it, uh, and I think it's it should be illegal that they can basically force you to use their ink cartridges. You should be able to use whatever ink cartridges you want. Um, but that's, that's just my opinion and, uh, we'll, we'll see what happens in the future, but I think right to Repa repair is going to definitely go through at some point. And I know that it happens a lot where, uh, giant companies will see it start to happen. They'll see like right to, re or, uh, the one I'm thinking of is the, uh, Amazon a couple of years ago wasn't paying actually a few years ago, they weren't paying uh, $15 an hour. And Bernie Sanders went to go put in the Stop Bezos Act, which uh, was basically saying that if you are a giant company and the workers at your company have to have food stamps 
or government assistance, then instead of just taking that taxpayer money, the company that they work for will then have that much more in taxes to pay at the end of the year. And that prompted uh, Amazon to start paying $15 an hour because they didn't want that act to go through. Uh, it would and, suck if everyone had to pay their employees appropriately. And pay their fair share of taxes, but we'll not talk about that. Um, and then this is the same thing that's happening right now with, uh, with right to repair is you see uh, Louis Rossman going and making these videos about right to repair and going and actually talking to congressmen and senators. And he and now Apple's like, oh, we'll start providing you stuff to repair your phones. Please don't pass this act. Please stop it. So Please. you're noticing. Yeah, you're noticing some companies are, are starting to make advances because they want to. They want to do it. Of their own volition. Because if they do it that way, then they won't be forced to do it uh, to the extent that they will probably have to if this act passes. No, so. no, look, we're cooperating. If you want to fix your iPhone here, buy our iPhone repair kit. It's exactly. registered. Exactly. Not fixing the problem. It's just an extra step. Yeah, it's it's not. And we really need to pass a right to repair act. And uh, uh, we need to pass something that makes these fucking DRM and... and scanners and printers not a thing anyway uh humble the humble subscription is dumping mac and linux in 18 days so i don't think either of you well i'm i'm fairly confident nick lotus doesn't use linux i'm not sure if i don't think you use a mac do you nick lotus no, no we're a pc household okay good uh and then Connor, I'm fairly certain, uh, uses Windows and possibly Linux on some stuff. I have been using a quasi-variant of Linux called Dwayne uh, quite a bit recently, actually. So I'm putting myself in the uses Linux uh, team. I have Linux on my laptop. I have a Pop! OS on my laptop. But I, I use Windows for my main computer. Um, it looks like... They are, are getting rid of Linux and Mac support for the games that are getting released on the Humble uh, Choice, I think it was, that subscription service. Uh, and Aroa had something to say. Aroa? All right, I got to go back to that show. Hold on. <clears throat> With the Humble Story by Aroa. <laughs> it's funny that sorry. It's funny that they're changing the humble choice back to what it was originally because they initially charged to make it more money, and I bet nobody bought changed. into it when they first changed. Charged to make more money, change it. It works. Okay. And the whole removing the Mac and Linux support thing essentially just turns them into a worse green man gaming that also happens to donate five percent of your purchase directly to charity. And it's uh, pathetic, and it honestly makes me worried for the future, considering that I can't imagine many use their marketplace outside of during the bundle sales anyways. So do those non-Windows binaries, they really only made a difference to them? Yeah, and, and the thing is, for me, I kind of understand where Humble is is going with this right like did they include those libraries and maybe that's what Aroa is getting at is that they changed that 
so that they could charge more uh, for when you bought the Humble subscription. Like, oh, we're going to raise it by two bucks a month, but we're also including Mac and Linux support. Right. Here's our justification. And yoink. And now they're moving it. Now they're moving away from that and they're not going to lower the price. They never lower the price. Nobody ever lowers the price. Why would you lower the price? Exactly. So. And all of this makes Miyaroa think that we need to look at Itch.io as mm-hmm. the best site for supporting indies as a non-Windows platform. Yeah. Or, actually, sorry, I was actually Windows just to mention Itchy before because some of the other stuff we were talking about made me think of it. <laughs> it's a solid platform. And like the name your own price function is really cool. It's it a is. solid feature. Um, I also, so I've used like all of those listed. I've used Green Man Gaming. I, I, I haven't had a problem with Green Man Gaming. I think they're pretty good. I've used um, GMG. They got I good like, deals. I like Humble Bundle. Kind. I really liked it when it first came out. Uh, and then they've progressively gotten worse over time. Uh, maybe the games that they're releasing are, are not great. The ones that are in the bundles. Uh, the software bundles definitely suck, but it's very hit or miss. Yeah, and uh, I've used. There's another one that that's not mentioned in this, which is a fanatical that I've also used. That is pretty good. It's a little weird, but it's it's fine. It's just another key reseller like Green Man Gaming. Um, so I don't, I don't know. It says here, uh, this is from Ars Technica. But this shift in subscription strategy comes with a new unfortunate requirement, an entirely new launcher app, what? Which must be used to access and download Humble Trove and Humble Games Collection games going forward. Worse, the app will be Windows only. Current subscribers have been given an abrupt countdown warning, as spotted by Neowin. Those subscribers have until January 31st to use the existing website interface to download DRM-free copies of their games for Mac or Linux. Uh, Starting February 1st, subscription-specific downloads will be taken off the site, and Mac and Linux versions in particular will disappear altogether. So not only are they getting rid of it going forward, they're retroactively going and getting rid of Mac and Linux uh, downloads for those games. Let me let me ask you if you've heard this one before. You you don't actually own anything anymore. It's just a license to it. I think I may have heard that once or twice. Once or twice this episode. Yeah. So that is uh bullshit, and I would be bullshit. very mad, um, upset to the point where I would not be surprised if there's a class action lawsuit. Uh, yeah, uh, denying a service that was already purchased, un- unless a part of its clause is like, by the way, if we decide to yank this away from you and don't give you a chance to get it. Like I I'm, I haven't read the, the EULA for them. I'm not I'm, sure if that's something that's covered or not. I'm sure that's in the EULA, but uh, EULAs are not. Bullshit. Yeah, they're bullshit. And you can still take somebody to court for it. Uh, and see, you can sue anyone in the United States. That's how it goes. I could sue Connor if I wanted to. Uh, I don't want to. I, it would take too much time, and I would probably And Reeton was found dead. <laughs> I would sue Connor for murdering me. Uh, but yeah, so that's, that's bad. Uh, the current Trove library consists of 79 games, but Humble says that the Trove collection will include 50-plus games starting uh, February 1st. Uh, the week's warning, this week's warning, 
To Humble's Mac and Linux subscribers notes that many of the current Trove games will appear on the Humble launcher, which is likely a nice way of saying that some of the existing games will not, perhaps around 20 or so, based on the aforementioned numbers. So, yeah, that's not good. I think that they should at least keep the the previous games. I wonder if, and I don't know how the Humble Trove and games collection stuff works. I've only gone to the website. I've never downloaded, downloaded their app. But I'm curious if you can still go to the Humble Bundle website and download those games that you had. Till the 31st? Yeah, I, I have no idea. I have no idea what's going to happen. Uh, you you have a timer, and, and once that timer goes up, you, you lost, you, you were too late, too slow. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, we're going we're gonna to not be happy with Humble Bundle. Because ever since they were bought by IGN, I believe. They've been going downhill real fast. Yeah, they definitely, definitely have. Let's move on to our last story. And this last I story I did have is... one last thing to say about the Humble Bundle thing. I said it's... this last story. No, go on. No. <laughs> <laughs> it'll, be, it'll, it'll be really quick. Just an observation from, from my perspective in, in the nonprofit sector, because there's a nonprofit component to Humble. Sometimes you do have to ultimately reduce your scope to be more effective in your mission. If that makes sense. I mean, obviously that's not going to explain all the details of what you were, of what you were talking about. But I mean, I feel like reducing uh, system support might be a way of telescoping in their services so they can focus more on, you know, getting money out to the charities. I don't know if that's the case, but that's one viewpoint that at least I understand. There, there have been. You haven't been here for a while. Uh, there have been. I have numerous, <laughs> There have been numerous quote updates that they've done, and uh, in those updates, they have progressively gotten more and more money hungry. Um, so like, have you've used Humble Bundle, right, Nick Lotus, in the past? Yes. Uh, remember yep. the sliders where you could slide and you can say, oh, I want to give 50% or even 100% to charity and nothing to the developers and nothing to Humble Bundle. Right. Um, so they wanted to get rid of those sliders so that you could cap out at, I think, 15% to charity. Uh, and then so much, like, then the developer one and the Humble Bundle one would only be, would, would be at a certain percentage. So you could only go up to, I think it was 5 or 15%, something like that. They wanted to get rid of the sliders so that they could make more money. Huge backlash. They ended up pulling away from that. Uh, but yeah, they've been doing updates like this to kind of milk more money out of, out of their users. Um, Humble Bundle deserves to make money as an entity. However, when you have to do that by putting a cap to the amount that you are allowed to donate to a charity... It doesn't really make you look good. Not, no. I mean, that is not a good look, definitely. Yeah. I obviously so, haven't used it in a long time. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so they've just been... It, I understand where you're coming from, where they may, you know, they might be losing money. They're probably losing money. And, and of course, we respect your neutrality. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> but, uh, so they're probably losing money, but I... I 
do see that they they've just gone downhill in the last couple of years, and mainly they've gone downhill since they were purchased by IGN. Uh, and and that just seems to be what happened. Uh, and let's well, see, move I on. I didn't even know IGN bought it, but anyway, go ahead. Yeah, they bought IGN a couple of years ago, or vice versa. IGN bought them a couple of years ago, and um, it, we, we, like Aroa said, he doesn't want to see, you know, he wants to see other things on there because it's a lot of the bundles are the same games over and over again. Um, the books are pretty good. Usually the books are, are different, uh, but then like the software is... The new Vegas collection, which is like uh, Vegas Studio, hasn't been updated in like six years. Uh, they they keep like they'll be like twenty twenty two, but there are no actual updates to the program. It's just a new Sony or not. It's Magic's Vegas or whatnot. Uh, so they've just kind of been recycling the same products over and over again. So it's gone a little downhill. Anywho, now we're gonna move on to our last story. And we're going to talk about Linktree. Do we know? I don't know. What is Linktree? Is that the one where, like, I can... It's Aroa's website, right? He, his is a, a Linktree. I'm not sure if Aroa's website is a Linktree, it but is it is in concept a Linktree. It's a yeah. tool that allows you to share multiple links with one URL. Okay. So you say, here's my Linktree. Uh, you click on it, and it's like, okay, you can access my Twitter, my Twitch, my Reet and Entertainment, all that stuff. Precisely. Uh, and apparently, I don't know, they keep doing this. And sites keep doing this, and then people get mad, and then the sites reverse it, like OnlyFans did it. Um, so it says here, link share, this is from Engadget, link sharing service Linktree suddenly blocks sex workers. Uh, the company said the banned accounts linked for the sale of real-life sexual services. Um, and Aroa, what, what did you have to say about this? Well, for Linktree, Aroa would just like to point out that with extremely rudimentary web design skills that even Aroa's mother could manage to learn, you could make the same thing that they offer, but for free. Yeah, yeah. It did, was it a paid service? Is it a paid service? Uh, yes. $9 per month for the pro tier. But what, do, what does that offer you? Like, it's just a link thing. A link without ads. Uh, Linktree, the only link you'll ever need unless you're a sex worker. Um, let me I can't see. believe that passed the workshop group. <laughs> I, <clears throat> I don't know. Uh, let's see. Blog pricing. There we go. Uh, so it's free. You get standard support. Track your Linktree's performance over the last 28 days. Create unlimited links. Uh, color font button themes, collect payments, tips, standard transaction fees is uh, 10%. Then you got the starter tier, which adds some stuff. And then you have the pro tier, which is the one that you spoke about, which is priority support, track performance of all time, uh, remove the Linktree logo, set your title and description metadata, connect to Google Analytics, uh, Zapier, Facebook, and TikTok. Uh, showcase latest content automatically via Twitter, and then the transaction fee is only 2% as opposed to 10%. And then, th did you know there's a $24 a month tier to post your links? Um, that's, uh, that's a little overpriced, I think. A little steep. Yeah. Top support, 
obviously you're paying 24 bucks a month for somebody to host your if link. If somebody can't access the part of your website that has URLs posted in I don't know HTML. Yeah. What's going to what's going to go down? What do you need support for? Yeah, performance data to a you can extract performance data to a CSV file. Uh CSV oh. is it's what you can use like uh in Excel. Stands for comma separated values. Yep. A dedicated customer access manager to help you get the most out of your link tree, and you only have a 0.5% transaction fee. So, uh, yeah, this is uh, terrible. Uh, and and they're getting rid of what I imagine is a large part of their uh, of their of their customer base. Honestly. If- if you need a service like this in, I mean, if you're paying somebody $9 a month already to host this sort of thing, you could do this with the GoDaddy. Um, and you could get a lot of this functionality that you're looking for and j- real cheap, I mean. Now, here is, here is apparently Engadget did reach out to Linktree and Linktree did respond and they said, uh, that a lot of sex workers use the tool while adhering to the legal and community standards guidelines. Advertising real-life sexual services is not legal, the company said, and would have legal ramifications for the service. They also clarified in a statement that users that were booted were, uh, are, well, that, that not that they were, but that they will be refunded. Um, so, I mean, that just brings it up that we should just make it legal. Like, yeah, I know. I know Nick Lotus has to be very uh, impartial on this, but in my opinion, like I, there are so many things that are legal. Um, and, and, and this seems like one of those things that should just be legal at this point. Like it's not going, like if you're willing to participate in this, and everything's, you know, on the up and up. Why isn't it legal? It doesn't it's make weird sense that to me. The world's oldest profession hasn't gone anywhere yet. I know. Uh, uh, you know, not not all sex work is literal sex work in that sense. To even be fair, this is going to affect people who use, you know, to, to draw a comparison, OnlyFans like services. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Linktree is getting rid of those, so I guess if you're listening to this podcast and and you do that line of work, uh, I don't know. Are there alternatives to Linktree? Uh, hosting your own website, I guess, and having it all the links there? It wouldn't take a lot of time either. Yeah, I mean, I pay $9 a month for my website, uh, and I get a lot more uh, accessibility than you're going to get from the freaking $9 a month you pay for Linktree. Doesn't doesn't make sense to me. What are your thoughts, Nick Lotus? I definitely there's definitely a pattern, like you said, of people of of sex workers who, of course, due to the pandemic, a lot of sex workers moved online to places like OnlyFans and stuff. And so it makes sense that yeah, they're making a lot more money, and those and these companies, you know, see that. But I don't know. It's it's kind of strange, like you said, how kind of wishy washy some of these companies are. Well, they'll they'll come out with you know no sex workers on our service, and then when people revolt, they 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 you know claw it back. 
it's 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 a new it's definitely a new thing in the last couple well i mean so there's there have been sex workers online for a long time but it's really picked up as a major online industry since the pandemic started so i mean this is going to be a this is going to be a debate and and like you know it might it might open the door for federal legalization of sex work i mean i live in a state where sex work is legal at least uh in a certain part of the state we have we have brothels here but yeah. th- that's not a statewide thing so. yeah yeah i thought it's legal in the state but like counties have made it illegal in yeah, certain, yeah like it's not technically legal in vegas it um, is not legal in vegas it's also well i the at least i don't know the whole geographic area but i know that when people reference going out to the brothels they talk about going to Pahrump because that's the town where a lot of them are i think it's in mm-hmm. nye county well and but yeah and- it's not legal in las vegas uh it's not legal in most of clark county Pahrump is in clark county but yeah mm-hmm. Legalization and appropriate regulation seems like the safest option if we're trying to do this with respect to human life and mind. Exactly. And I remember uh, Nick Lotus and I actually met up in real life in October. In uh, a brothel. And, no. <laughs> yeah, we had, we had dinner there. Um, at Hash House a Go-Go. We had lunch at Hash House a Go-Go. Yeah. And we, I, I went with my friend uh, Brandon and we drove down the strip and there's just a, a car that is a billboard. That's all it is. It's like a truck with a billboard on the back. That's like have escorts down the highway around here, and it drives me insane how it's legal. Yeah, and it's just, just my two cents. It upsets me. Yeah, well, this one just like had escorts, and then a number <laughs> underneath that. Like, it's it's technically illegal in Vegas, uh, but apparently not that illegal. I should clarify. Uh, yeah. I meant the the moving signs. Not not the service it was advertising for. Right, right. I figured the, the, the rolling billboards basically. They do um, those when it's like heavy fog out, and it's like detrimental. I think Some, someone someone should consider it anyways. I'm yeah. not a politician. It's not my point. But anyway, uh, hopefully they will scale back on this because I'm assuming that, that again, like with OnlyFans, they probably have a wide range of users who are in that industry and are going to complain and people are going to complain and they're going to be like oh we'll let them it's fine so we'll we'll see what happens and we don't uh, want our fans to go we, yeah, we don't want our fans to go or the people that are paying us money to leave to a different service started by by what is this written tree uh <laughs> this new website that they created anyway thank you for being here nick lotus uh always nice having you please come back uh i think it's been what two and a half years since you've been here something it's, like that it's been a while but it's it's good to be back i i apologize if i was a little rusty on my podcasting skills i'm i'm, I'm usually following a much stricter format when i'm on mic yeah don't worry no, nobody listens to this podcast i think the last time you were on the podcast was before your child was born well let's see mm, my son is now three and a half so yeah it's been a while and yeah, I've... I mean, like, I it was yeah, like the last time the last time I was on the podcast was before I even got pregnant, so it's been a while. Yeah, yeah, and apparently he is a terror sometimes, but that's <laughs> yeah, he is a terror what sometimes. <laughs> oh, wait, oh wait, oh wait, 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 actually, I think I remember now. I think like the last podcast I did, I said because I because I think my opening was something 
you know, kind of adultish, like what's up bitches or something. And you're like, and you're like, you're going to be a mom. You can't talk like that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. That sounds about right. Um, but yes. So, uh, Connor, thank you for being here. I was here against my will. Someone help me. Yes. And uh, of course, I am your host, Nathan Reeves Ruth. We'll be back next week talking about more tech and video game news. Thank you both for being here. We'll see you next week. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. -bye.